Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Not You, It's Them, But It Might Be You. With me, la la la, let me explain. And it's Friday, so that means we're going to be tackling some dating dilemmas and icks. And we are this time joined by an incredibly amazing guest, Kalechi Okafor. She's really well known for her incredible posts on Instagram that often tackle the reality of living as a black Brit, the stuff that comes up in the media. She challenges our opinions and our thoughts about things and really highlights and raises awareness around issues that some of us have got our heads buried in the sand with. And actually, if you've read my book, you will recognise Kalechi's name because Kalechi is the person who I consulted on all things related to the black woman's experience of dating. Obviously, Kalechi doesn't speak for all black women and every black woman has a totally unique experience when dating. But obviously, me as a white woman could not speak to that experience whatsoever. So Kalechi is the person who I trusted to help me with that. So you will recognise her name. And I think it's actually something, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to talk about, isn't it, Kalechi? Yes. Hello and welcome. Hi. What what do you think? So so for listeners who haven't read the book or or who might not have any black female friends or black women in their lives, it is a different experience, isn't it? I think race has a real, you know, dating as a white woman, dating as a Asian woman, dating as a Catholic woman, all of those things are going to be so impactful on your dating experience. Absolutely. And I think that when we're thinking about the construct of womanhood and femininity, black women have historically been left out of that con- uh, like conversation in the Western sense. So imagine that you're entering into dating. That is all about desirability and sensuality and sexuality and all of these things. And you're not even considered woman, you know, historically not even considered human. So navigating dating can be rather difficult because there are lots of people who still have preconceived notions of what it means to be a black woman. The amount of messages that I used to receive when I was on dating sites, just like really weird, wild things. And you know that that's informed from a place of um, racism, really, and um, a lot of like ignorance. So, um, yeah, it is a very, it's a very unique experience. Your hair is, pol- you know, your hair is policed, your skin tone, because we also know that the lighter you are um, in certain environments, the more desirable you're deemed to be. So there are so many things that you're up against and you just want to have a great time like everybody else, just skin out like everybody else. And that's, I mean, some people might hear that and think, well, surely that's only relevant if you're dating people outside of your own race. And that's not the case, is it? Absolutely not. And I think that that's what's so fascinating about it, that it's a lot of the internalised anti-blackness that even black men can show towards black women. Um, And also, I think that that's where colourism plays a massive role in, you know, the dating experience, because the kind of women that black men are being conditioned to find desirable. Of course, this doesn't speak for every black man. There are black men who have like, you know, who love dark skinned black women. It doesn't change anything for them. But there are an overwhelming group of black men who behave in very like nasty ways towards darker skinned black women um, online, especially in the dating realm. And it's, yeah, it's really disheartening to see. It's very complex, isn't it? Because if you were a non-black woman dating a black man who says that he doesn't date black women, 
that should be taken as a red flag. Absolutely. Even if you're not a black woman, you should take that man's decision to or, or, or a statement mm. that he's not going to date black women as a red flag. But unfortunately and disappointingly so, I meet a lot of non-white women who have dated m- black men for a long time who started off saying that very statement and they thought it was a compliment initially that, you know, they also bought into the narrative that, well, if a black man's saying it about black women, there must be something wrong with black women then. And so, you know, and also, especially if we're thinking about white women specifically being centred as the kind of embodiment of um, desirability, it's not questioned. Yeah, because why would you date black women when I'm, you know, conditioned to believe that I'm the most desirable? It's only over time as we decondition, decolonize our thinking that we then start realizing, oh, actually, if somebody says that to me, they're probably somebody I shouldn't be around. Because what if you have children together, that element of misogynoir, because that's what it is, your child is likely to experience that from the father. Mm, what a good point, because if you're a black man who's like, I don't like black women or I don't date black women, and that comes from this horrible internalised racism mm. and a hatred of your mother and whatever mm-hmm. else, then what happens when you produce a mixed-race daughter who, to the world, is a black woman? Exactly. Very complex, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so much to unpick. Unfortunately, we have like 15 fucking <laughs> minutes here, so we cannot put the world to rights. I cannot learn enough from you in that short amount of time. So what we're going to have to do is move on to people's dating dilemmas. I know you're very good at answering these kind of things. If you haven't listened to Kalechi's podcast, Say Your Mind, she literally says her mind. (laughs) No holding back. So if you want good advice, Kalechi is definitely someone to come to. Thank you. All right, the first question says... Can you develop sexual, physical attraction over time? I like a guy. We've been chatting for months. We've been talking on the phone for hours. We've been on three dates, lots of laughter, etc. He's not my normal type looks-wise. He's a pub kind of guy. My friends say that he's the sort of guy that I should go for rather than my normal type, which is a gym type of guy. And not to be so shallow. On our third date, we did get a little bit drunk and have sex, which was average, and I didn't want to rip his clothes off looking at him. Part of me is saying, give him a chance. But the other part of me is saying, if it isn't there, you can't force it. Please help me. What do I do? Oh, hard, isn't it? It is, but I think that, like, you can... Of course, there are certain situations where somebody can become more physically and sexually attractive to you over time, but I don't believe that you have to force it. Like, you shouldn't have to force it. And, yeah, gym guys, gym bros have a specific type of um, reputation, but if we peel it all the way back, you want a man that takes his health seriously. That's not a bad thing. And... A pub guy, you're ending up drinking together. Do you normally drink? Will you find that you're drinking more regularly if you're with this person? There are so many things that you need to then consider in terms of quality of life and how it will be affected. And I take like sexual energy really, really seriously. Sexual compatibility. We've all been there. Well, maybe not all of us, but I've definitely been there where you've had sex with somebody and it's average. And unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't get any better than that. And I don't want to live an average life. I'm a baby girl. I deserve the best of everything. And that includes sex. Absolutely. And I, and I, it is this thing, isn't it? Because I think the dating scene is so dire <laughs> for all of <laughs> yes. us, you know, especially now. Like it can be, especially for heterosexual women, mm-hmm. dating men 
you know, we don't have this wonderful pool of people to pick from, you know, and sometimes it can feel a bit like, oh, if you find a nice one, then you should hang on to him Mm. because he's kind, because he wants to treat you well. Um, You know, and maybe there's something wrong with you if, Mm. if, if you, if you're thinking you want more than that, you know, if you feel... So, 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 I, so I think it's really difficult for, for for women because it is a bit like shit. There's so many bad ones. There's so many bad ones, and then this really great one has come along mm-hmm. who will look after me and who is offering me what I want from a relationship. But that thing is just not there. Yeah. The sexual energy, the the just wanting to be around you and being really into you, it's just not there. And I'm with you. I think there is definitely two camps of people. I think some people would say, settle. It will grow. Mm look for the stability and the love and whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas other people are going to be like, no, 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 it is better to be single than to settle with somebody that you're not compatible with. Definitely. And of course, there is something to be said about our types. I am unlearning the kind of person I would usually go for in a dynamic. I went away to Peru earlier on this year and took part in some ayahuasca ceremonies. And and before that, been doing lots of spiritual, you know, work as well, just to get to the root of why I am some, you know, the way that I am and why I have some kind of, you know, certain patterns. And it really made me think about the idea that I gravitate towards people that I think I can fix Mm. and having to pull back from that. So knowing what my type is, sometimes when I'm attracted to someone initially, I have to check myself and be like, what have I noticed that I think I'm going to fix in this person? Because as it said, we don't date people, we date our stories, right? And the stories that we're trying to retell. So I'm having to check that. So sometimes dating outside of your type, it might take a while for your brain to catch up because it's so used to doing something a particular way. But I do feel like at the same time, attraction is important. Yeah, it is that balance in it between like, your type is not serving you well Mm. so far. So maybe you have to change that type, but that doesn't mean you then have to hang on to the first person who's not that type who comes along absolutely yeah and I think that's spot on work on yourself it's okay don't force it with this guy anymore because also you wouldn't want to be that guy you know you wouldn't want to know that somebody is just like having sex with you because they want to try to like you but they don't really like let him go you know you're gonna flinch one time Mm. you're gonna you're gonna recoil one time and that's the most hurtful thing when Mm. somebody's trying to touch you like Yeah, he's probably feeling the energy. So, like, be fair and kind on him and just let him move on to someone who will will really appreciate this pub guy (laughs) in all his glory. Hi, guys, it's me, and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now, I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty-gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week, they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? (laughs) Some peasant Coke? No. 
Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. No tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. Amazing. Right, on to the next question. How do you tell the difference between being overly cynical and anxious and your intuition? I find it very hard to trust men. And I feel like I'm right to approach all dates with cynicism. But then I worry that I'm bringing the wrong energy and a cynical energy to a date. How do I be a cool, open baby girl while also protecting my heart? Oh, I love that. It's about trust. So many of us as women, we have been conditioned in this society to not trust ourselves, to second guess ourselves. So that's why we get confused when it's like, is it intuition or is it like fight or flight or is it cynicism? We don't know. But I think it's building a stronger relationship with ourselves and really listening to our bodies because our mind will be doing so many different things like, oh, but you should be here. When last did you go on a date? Does anyone even want you? You start doing all of these things in your mind, but your body, you can really, really tell. You can feel it. Your body will start to do what it like needs to do to let you know that something isn't quite right. I think that because I've started to build this kind of whole thing of trusting myself, I can go into certain situations knowing that I'll absolutely leave. I think sometimes we're scared that we won't know the point to leave. And we also, as you've said, like heterosexual dating can be like a cesspit like it can just be horrible so you're having to also balance in your head like is this me can I work past this can I look beyond this or is this actually something that I should just leave well alone um I think you you know the difference between cynicism and whether it's your intuition because I actually believe that your intuition is quieter mm. it's quieter it's calmer it's not going to while out it's mm. just like mm-mm yeah, that's a really good point. And I also think a good way to tell between like gut and intuition on a very basic mm -hmm. level is, has something happened? Like did did an incident happen and then that's what's made you feel weird? Because then that's anxiety based on a real thing that has mm -hmm. actually happened. You, you know, like has something triggered that feeling in your gut? Mm. Or is it just like, a generalized low level sense of cynicism and anxiety all the time mm. if it is then that's that's anxiety mm. you know that's that that's that's within you but if you're like on a date with somebody and you go into that date and every day before that date even before speaking to them you had that like kind of cynicism and that low level anxiety about dating then, then that's just something that you're carrying with you. And I think mm. you need kind of therapy to deal with that. Because I do think it is quite confusing because when you are a heterosexual woman dating on the dating scene, so many red flags do appear. All the time it becomes normalised as well. So that's the thing, because maybe sometimes it is the background noise. And mm. so how do we differentiate if it's constant, if it's the constant background noise, like people say something online and you like, wait, that's problematic. Like, how is that okay? But it's the it's made as part of our culture, mm. right? So maybe you will have that kind of running, but if it kind of peaks at any point, then 
it's something to note. The reality is that you, if you are opening yourself up to love and dating, you are potentially opening yourself up to hurt. Absolutely. And even possible danger. Yeah. You know? And so, so, so it's a bit like, well, go out there, be trusting, and then deal with it if something happens, I guess. It's like, r- rather than protecting yourself from something that might never, never happen. happen. Yeah. Like, I don't know, be open, protect yourself, but don't protect yourself so much that you're not living life and not having experiences and not being open to dating. I have to treat it like play. I ultimately think of of myself as a child of the universe and like, we just have to play. You know, of course we know that there are the dangers out there. So we think about that and we try to mitigate as much as we can. But ultimately we have to approach life as play. Taking it so, so seriously just stops us from experiencing certain things. And as you say, the probability is high that some things are going to go left. That's fine. But you still have to try anyway because sometimes things go right. Mm, Yeah. Exactly that. And now, as always, I want to know from my guest about a time when you've had the ick. What has given you the ick in the past when dating? Okay, so this guy was getting out of his car and I just didn't like the belt that he had on with his jeans as he, as, he was getting, as he was getting out like I just saw it and I was just like what kind of belt it looked like one cowboy belt it just it was just I just hated it I, I just what colour was it? it was weird to describe it was like a bluey beige oh it just looked it looked like distressed denim oh, type of God. with studs oh no. and I just feel like how do you have that kind of belt how <laughs> Are you a serial killer? What kind of... How do you have that kind of belt? It's just... I feel like that's the kind of belt that should be worn with, like, boot-cut jeans. Exactly, because now that's what I'm expecting. Now I'm scared that the next time I see you, you're going to come with a boot-cut. Yeah, that's very (laughs) boot-cut-y. Oh, no. And what did you do? Did you have to just carry on the rest of the date just staring at this belt? Just... No, luckily, it only showed when he was, like, moving or getting up from somewhere. I was just like, sit down. Do not move. Like, I don't... Or when he was about to get up, I would just look away like I don't want to see that belt it's so hard isn't it that is the thing about the ick about particularly when it's about like a piece of clothing or something you're visually seeing in front of you it is almost like that thing of like I'm actually gonna vomit if I (laughs) actually if my eyes have to see this any longer so yeah I support that ick because some icks I don't support some I'm like no sorry you can't have that ick that's irrational that one I get it I wonder if he's still like busting it out on dates oh well that's probably why he's still dating because then (laughs) women see and they're like nope maybe you should let him know maybe you should send him this episode or maybe you should just send him a little message like listen I think I know the key to your failings in your love life is because you keep and I bet that is his special date belt I bet he puts that on specially like the ladies are gonna love this yeah LL Cool belt yeah (laughs) he's just got no fucking clue that he's putting everyone off Amazing. All right. And because it's a Friday, we need to leave the listeners with a Friday night reminder to help them go into the weekend fuck person free. What is your Friday night reminder for the people? Remember... Any person that's deserving of you will claim you, will celebrate you wherever you are. If you, when you're in private with them, they do up, um, you know, kissing you on the neck, you know, like stroking you. But then when they see you in public, they're pretending that they haven't seen you. They're not deserving of your glory. 
Yes, this is a very important one. And you know, any of my trans friends listening to this, my trans listeners, this is something that they experience a lot in dating. And actually, there are a lot of complexities for that. And actually, we shouldn't force anybody to out themselves publicly. But actually, if if, if being treated in that way, whether you're queer, whatever, Mm. heterosexual, being treated in a way that makes you feel like they are not claiming and celebrating you in the streets in the same way that they are in the sheets... Mm. It's a disrespect and it makes you feel devalued and anything that makes you feel devalued or not worthy is, is, is not good enough for you and you need to end it and walk away from it. I really love that Friday night reminder. Such a good one. So Kalechi, let us know where people can find you and also please tell us a bit about edge of here your your new debut novel which i've just started reading and it's sick i'm Thank already you. well into it so let let listeners know about that well yeah so you can find me on at collection of or the say your mind podcast and edge of here is a collection of eight short stories and it's just touching on different things to do with love not just romance because sometimes we can have romance novels that are devoid of love actually so this is a mixture of love and romance as well as sci-fi speculative fiction now some people might think that they're not into that but I get sexy I get saucy with the technology that I put into the stories that's what sci-fi about it it's actually the te- like the little bits of technology but there's mess in there like the ally chip where white people can have um, chips put in their brains to experience the racism that black people experience when they're feeling you know experiencing racism and ideally it's meant to solve racism but it goes left and in that story um, we're meeting Emma who's in a relationship a polyamorous relationship with Dre another woman and Dre's married to a man and it's like in the you know as we're having this story we're also seeing that story play out as well it's such a gripping book and it's it's very very good Thank and it's you. very engaging and I, I I would urge people to go and buy that and the other thing that I've got of yours which I fucking love are the affirmations for a dickhead in recovery <laughs> And where can people buy those cards, Kalechi? Because I am certainly a dickhead in recovery and I know a lot of my followers are. Um, it's on my website, kalechiokarfo.com, so you can pick it up from there. But the affirmations are for people like us who are dickheads in recovery who don't necessarily sometimes go with the quintessential affirmation card type of vibe where you want something that just feels a bit more real to you. Um, One of the affirmation cards um, says, you know, I release my fucks to the universe so I surrender my fucks to the universe. It's those kind of affirmations Mm, that we need, I think. Absolutely. What a way to end the podcast. We're releasing our fucks to the fucking universe. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. No, 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 let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production. 